Welcome back to Legally Unfiltered. My name is Richard Sprinkle, attorney at law. I'm here with Franz Borkart, also an attorney at law. Franz, these monuments, monuments in front of courthouses, Confederate monuments, what is going on? So this is a local issue for us. You know, we talk about national issues on the regular, but this is a local issue for us. In Clinton, Louisiana, there is a Confederate monument in front of the courthouse. So we, we start with the idea that that these monuments, which, you know, we've been getting a lot of attention to Confederate monuments throughout the South. This monument sits as a entryway point to the courthouse. It's right in front of the courthouse. You can't miss it. It's it's huge. And what an attorney in Clinton, he's a Baton Rouge attorney, but he's he's got a case in Clinton. What he has done is filed a motion saying, look, my client is African-American and he can't get a fair trial because you've got this giant Confederate monument in front of the courthouse. Now, it's important to know, folks, that that we live in Louisiana and this ain't the only Confederate monument at a courthouse. So um, I'm going to preface it by saying we're only talking about Clinton, but we're going to talk about the bigger implications here. So he filed a motion to change venue for those out there that are uninitiated. That means that basically he's asking the court to move the case to another courthouse that doesn't have a confederate monument in front of it so that change of venue is is kind of cloaked in the constitutional right to what a fair trial fair jury trial and the argument is is that by having a giant confederate monument in front of the courthouse you're eliminating that right to a fair trial now ultimately in his case the motion was denied Um, the judge on a legal technicality granted another motion that caused the case to be dismissed and now the DA for for whatever reason is re-prosecuting under another amended charge. So let's talk a little bit about this monument. So my biggest problem with this Richard is what business does a Confederate monument have in front of a courthouse? Whether you believe that these things should be torn down, destroyed or just moved. I don't see where a monument of this nature needs to be in a place of justice, especially if it represents something to some people that is not history or heritage. And I got to tell you, if I were an African-American, I don't know that I would necessarily disagree with this take on things. What do you think? Well, I don't know that I would necessarily disagree either. Let's just call it what it is. It is history. It's an ugly history. It's a part of our country's history that nobody should be proud of. It's a part of our country's history that we need not to forget uh, as, as much as it would be nice to just rip that chapter out of the history book and, and never talk about it again. It's very important that we learn from our past. Uh, I agree with you that this shouldn't necessarily be in a place of justice because really, what's the correlation? between uh, a Civil War officer and uh, the Hall of Justice, the, the local courthouse. What, what is the correlation? I think, there? I think the counter to what we both feel is that the courthouse generally is a focal point of a community, um, especially in the olden days. It would, you know, if you if you lay a town out, you got you got a courthouse, you have the the town hall somewhere, maybe even in the courthouse building. Um, so it's where people come to buy your stuff at the sheriff's sale. Yes. Right. <laughs> so I think part of it's that. But, you know, look, there are some components of this. One, in this case, you know, 
this monument has not been moved based on a a claim that it would be expensive and inconvenient to move it okay so so if you're not going to move it if you're not going to move it then does it create an issue now the flip side is is we got to know if it really does affect the jury so when you file a motion to change venue you're saying basically hey look i can't get a fair trial here and the only way you can support that and substantiate that that claim is you either need data statistical data or you need to have something that's so outlandish that it just it doesn't need the data because it just on its face it speaks for itself and normally these changes of venues happen when you have a public figure being prosecuted in a place where let's say you're prosecuting the DA and everybody knows the DA and everybody either voted for the DA or didn't vote for the DA and so it would be impossible for this public figure who's accused of something to get a fair trial if you stayed in this place and it's easier just to move the trial somewhere else and you can move the trial the law allows you to change venues the problem in this case is we don't know what the, 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 the town's feelings, we don't know what the citizens of Clinton's feelings on this is. So you either have to do a jury questionnaire before the trial, you have to start doing jury selection or what we call voir dire and have to start talking to folks. And if enough folks say, hey, you know, it's not an issue for me, then, then you know, then that may sway the judge one way or another. Of course, the flip side of all this is if you're an African-American and you see this monument, this Confederate monument in front of the courthouse, and you hear a whole bunch of white folks say, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Is that level of numbness and, and, and I guess acceptance and, 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 and willingness to be okay with it, does that give grounds for concern? Because, I mean, look, the analogy the attorney used in the media and in his motion was, what if it were a statute of Hitler? It'd be a lot easier for us to, to embrace, look, you got a statue of Hitler in front of a courthouse and there's a Jewish individual accused of a crime. I would imagine that Jewish individual would be concerned that the community allowed for a statue of, a statue of Hitler to be erected, to be allowed to stay there. Now, a lot of people are offended by that analogy, but it, but it makes sense to us, right? I mean, we would, we would not fault the Jewish individual for saying, wait a minute wait a minute, you're allowing the statue to be here? I mean, I can't get a fair trial here. Now, the flip side of this is if you're not going to move the monument, then anybody that's African-American would would rightly have a claim of, you need to move my case somewhere else. And, and you know, that's, that's a logistical issue. And I'm going to venture a guess that Clinton is not the only place in our state and throughout the South where there is a Confederate monument or memorial near the courthouse. I, I think there are several other places throughout the South that have this issue. Um, it may be more subtle, but it, it, it is it is not uncommon to have Confederate monuments in, in governmental places. You know, and look, you look at New Orleans. We had some we had some monuments moved in New Orleans, right? And those monuments weren't even necessarily "quote unquote" at courthouses. They were in in public places, right? Very in, public places, right? in front of the Museum of Art. Uh, the most prevalent one is Lee Circle, the statue of Robert E. Lee, which was supposed to be the highest point in all of New Orleans until obviously the constructors decided to overtake it. Um, these, uh, as they like to say downriver, ain't there no more. It's important to say they didn't destroy those monuments. Nope. They simply moved them. And I and I suspect that that what this motion really is about is having enough. If you are a citizen of Clinton 
And and look, Clinton is a very beautiful place, ladies and gentlemen. We live in Baton Rouge. Clinton's a pretty place. They're good people that live there. But if you're a citizen of Clinton, and more to the point, if you're an African-American citizen of Clinton, and you have to walk into this courthouse, it's going to give you pause. And if you're an attorney, an African-American attorney, or shoot, any kind of attorney that's representing that client, you have an ethical obligation to raise these kind of issues to ensure what folks, a right to a fair trial. Now, what was what was disgusting about this case for me was a lot of the backlash was he was accused of being a felon in possession of a firearm, which meant what? He was a prior felon. So, 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 I mean, what's the big deal? He's, I mean, he's a prior felon. He must be guilty anyway. And shoot, the elements of the case are not that, that, not that big of a deal either. If he had a gun, he had a gun. And if he has a prior conviction, that should be it. Doesn't matter if there's a Confederate monument or not. That was the, that was the tone of a lot of people in response. Now, the flip side of this is, and I'm very much a strong believer in this, is if, if you have to prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt, if there is anything that moves the dial towards proof beyond a reasonable doubt that it's not a fact in the case, anything, even if it moves it just so ever so slightly, then that, that ladies and gentlemen, affects your right to a fair trial. And, you know, again, it's, it's, it, what would it be like if we had someone that was quote unquote, a African supremacist, not a white supremacist, and you were a white person? Getting a, getting a trial in, in a courthouse and that statute of a white supremacist or excuse me, African supremacist, an, a, a person that 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 oppressed white people. Let, let, let's paint it. Let's paint the real picture. Yeah. Let's say you are a member of a certain organization, a Klan member, maybe. Sure. Possibly. Club, club, Klan and, club. and you are accused of a crime and you're in court and you have to walk by a monument to the Black Panther movement from the 70s. I'm sure a change of venue wouldn't seem so ridiculous in that moment. I'm pretty sure he would be screaming for a change so, of venue. So one of the things, and I guess this kind of wraps it up, you know, look, from a constitutional standpoint, there is an argument that this needs to be discussed. It's a right to fair trial, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the burden may be a high one to prove that this is actually going to affect the, the right to a fair trial, but I don't think this is going to be the last time we, we see this rear its head. Additionally, additionally, you know, if people are treated differently in that jurisdiction because of the color of their skin, that's an issue as well. But, but look, I, I've said this often in jury trials when I'm talking to juries about fair trials and discrimination and race. Let's say you were accused of killing a Kobe cow. You ever have Kobe beef before? Oh, Kobe beef. If you want to be a cow, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be a cow, you want to be a Kobe cow. Those are some pampered creatures. It's delicious. Let's say Richard's accused of killing a Kobe cow. I don't even think they slaughter them. I think they just lovingly pet them to death. I really do. I mean, look. That is the steak you want to eat. You know, let's say Richard's accused of being a Kobe cow murderer. And in his jury trial, he looks over to the jury box and he sees a box full of Kobe cows. That's a problem, folks. That's a problem. It's either a problem or a Chick-fil-A commercial. Right. One of the two. Now, I think I think now, look, I'm not saying that black folks are Kobe cows. I'm not saying that that it's the same level of of racism, but the analogy and the comparison is meant to show the one important thing. You have a right to a fair trial, a jury of your peers. The only way you get that 
is if you examine who's in that box, you you get a you right to jury selection. And I think the solution here, I think the solution in this case is going to be a dialogue during jury selection about this issue. And the and the defense attorney is going to get to vet this because look, race is in jury selection and especially in Louisiana, race is fair game for discussion. And you can talk to citizens about how they feel about this. And if ultimately a citizen says to you, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I love the Confederate monument. You may want to get rid of that, that, that potential juror. If a juror says, you know, I can see and empathize with what you're saying. I don't think it would affect my ability to listen to evidence and to weigh whether or not the state reached its burden and carried its burden, well, that's a juror that you're going to have trouble getting rid of, and maybe you don't want to get rid of him because that that he or she em, is the emblem of of someone that will give you a right to fair trial or give you a fair shake. That being said, this is not the end of the monument situation. We have monuments all over the place, and and I don't think it's going to be the last monument motion we see, um, and we'll certainly keep an eye on it. Again, this is attorney Franz Borkhart, and I have attorney Richard Sprinkle, and that's about it for this episode. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Full disclosure, no cows nor monuments were hurt during the recording of this episode of Legally Unfiltered. So true. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.